Good morning, everyone. Hello again, and welcome to The Mystic Show. My name is Chris Curran, and uh, this is the show where we talk about spirituality and personal development, right? Did you ever think those two go together? Did you ever put those two together in your mind? Spirituality and self-help or uh, personal development? Well, I've always put them together. Uh, I mean, I started more with the personal development, self-help stuff, and kind of got deeper and deeper, then got into spirituality. Uh, anyhow, I'm actually, uh, I just tweeted, we're on Twitter, at The Mystic Show, and uh, I just wanted to say how nice it is to wake up in the morning and, uh, well, I'm doing the show, but you're listening to the show. And isn't it great not to, like, put on the regular news channels and just hear about all the uh, the robberies and the murders and the shootings and the, and the political nonsense and everything? Isn't it great to just ignore all that? Oh, wow. Such a nice morning. Got the sun coming through the windows here at the studio. And the inside of the windows are painted like gold. So it kind of puts like this goldish tint in the room here. Anyway, ah, just it's just very refreshing to start the day like this. And uh, really anytime. Um, because we archive all of our shows on our website. And our website is themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. And you can also call us on the phone or call us via Skype. And, uh, yeah, so call us. I'll put the fader up for Skype so I can hear you if you call. And the phone's here, too. It, it rings. Uh, if you have a comment on some of the topics we're discussing, give a quick call. Put in your two cents. Because, honestly, there's probably someone out there who needs to hear your two cents. Or maybe your one cent. Maybe it's just a sentence or an idea you want to give and then hang up the phone. That's fine. I think we, well, I hope you know that we sort of get input from a lot of different directions, right? I mean, some people just, for instance, read the Bible for inspiration. Other people read all kinds of books for inspiration. Uh, but some people, and the true mystic, um, he or she will accept knowledge and wisdom and learning from any source in the whole universe. So it's not just books and smart people that can teach us. It's everyone, everything, every circumstance. We can gain knowledge from that. So so if you have a comment, feel free to call up. Um, am I forgetting to mention anything else? Well, today is November 6th, 2013, and uh, I believe tomorrow something starts which is going to be really great and I <laughs> and probably no one even will know what I'm talking about or even care. Anyway, it's the uh there's a chess match for the World Chess Championship that starts tomorrow between the Norwegian Wonder Boy. Now he's a man, but uh Magnus Carlsen. He's taking on the reigning world champion, Vichy Anand, and they're actually 
playing the match in Chennai, India. Yes, right in Chennai. I was thinking about going as well. It didn't quite fit in to go see a chess match. <laughs> go halfway around the world to see a chess match. It didn't it didn't materialize. That's okay though because hey, you know, there's uh websites where I can see up to the second uh, the the chessboard. I can watch the game virtually. Um but apparently I just found out the games start at uh 4:30 a.m. Eastern time. Cuz I guess in India they're starting in the afternoon, early afternoon maybe. So yeah, I might not catch the beginning of the games, but I'll maybe catch the end. Anyhow, that's chess. And chess is one of those topics that maybe we'll do a show on chess. Maybe I can get one of the chess analysts and uh, we'll talk about spirituality and and the analogies of chess to life and happiness and uh, overcoming of problems, learning. I think chess holds so many teachings and wisdom. Uh, that it, Yeah, so maybe I can get one of those guys on. I actually have a couple people in mind, but I don't know how to get in touch with them. So let me let me ask uh, the producer. Uh, producer, can we get these people on? Uh, maybe. How are we going to find them? Well, maybe we can look on Twitter. Okay, but you're doing a show right now. Okay, so I'll look on Twitter later. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, we're reading from this book, and I got I I previewed the the passage I'm going to read today, and this is like. This is awesome. This is getting really good. This book, Above Life's Turmoil, this is totally next level stuff here. This this is just unbelievable. I mean, we went through the, the byways of blessedness book, and that was really most a lot of practical um, advice and wisdom and examples. And this book also has that, but man, this, wait till you hear this. This passage is called The Reign of Law. The Reign of Law, and Reign, R-E-I-G-N, right? The Reign of Law. And yeah, I'm just going to start reading it. Um, so just a reminder, this is, we're reading from the book Above Life's Turmoil, which was written by James Allen, the English mystic. And as I said, this passage is called the reign of law. So let's just, uh, let's just begin. The little party gods have had their day. The arbitrary gods, creatures of human caprice and ignorance, are falling into disrepute. Men have quarreled over and defended them until they have grown weary of the strife. And now, everywhere, they are relinquishing and breaking up these helpless idols of their long worship. The god of revenge, hatred, and jealousy, who gloats over the downfall of his enemies... The partial God who gratifies all our narrow and selfish desires. 
the God who saves only the creatures of his particular special creed. The God of exclusiveness and favoritism. Such were the gods, miscalled by us God, of our soul's infancy. Gods base and foolish as ourselves. The fabrications of our selfish self. And we relinquished our petty gods with bitter tears and misgivings, and broke our idols with bleeding hands. But in doing so, we did not lose sight of God. Nay, we drew nearer to the great, silent heart of love. Destroying the idols of self, we began to comprehend somewhat of the power which cannot be destroyed, and entered into a wider knowledge of the God of love, of peace, of joy. The God in whom revenge and partiality cannot exist. The God of light, from whose presence the darkness of fear and doubt and selfishness cannot choose but flee. We have reached one of those epochs in the world's progress which witnesses the passing of the false gods, the gods of human selfishness and human illusion, the new old revelation of one universal impersonal truth has again dawned upon the world, and its searching light has carried consternation to the perishable gods who take shelter under the shadow of self. Men have lost faith in a god who can be cajoled, who rules arbitrarily and capriciously, subverting the whole order of things to gratify the wishes of his worshipers, and are turning with a new light in their eyes and a new joy in their hearts to the God of law. And to him they turn, not for personal happiness and gratification, but for knowledge, for understanding, for wisdom, for liberation from the bondage of self. And thus turning, they do not seek in vain, nor are they sent away empty and discomfited. They find within themselves the reign of law, that every thought, every impulse, every act and word brings about a result in exact accordance with its own nature. That thoughts of love bring about beautiful and blissful conditions. That hateful thoughts bring about distorted 
and painful conditions. That thoughts and acts, good and evil, are weighed in the faultless balance of the supreme law and receive their equal measure of blessedness on the one hand and misery on the other. And thus finding, they enter a new path, the path of obedience to the law. Entering that path, they no longer accuse, no longer doubt, no longer fret and despond, for they know that God is right, the universal laws are right, the cosmos is right, and that they themselves are wrong, if wrong there is, and that their salvation depends upon themselves, upon their own efforts, upon their personal acceptance of that which is good and deliberate rejection of that which is evil. No longer merely hearers, they become doers of the word, and they acquire knowledge, they receive understanding, they grow in wisdom, and they enter into the glorious life of liberation from the bondage of self. The law of the Lord is perfect, enlightening the eyes. Imperfection lies in man's ignorance, in man's blind folly. Perfection which is knowledge of the perfect law, is ready for all who earnestly seek it. It belongs to the order of things. It is yours and mine now if we will only put self-seeking on one side and adopt the life of self-obliteration. The knowledge of truth, with its unspeakable joy, its calmness and quiet strength, is not for those who persist in clinging to their rights, defending their interests, and fighting for their opinions, whose works are imbued with the personal I and who build upon the shifting sands of selfishness and egotism. It is for those who renounce these causes of strife, these sources of pain and sorrow. And they are indeed children of truth, disciples of the Master, worshippers of the Most High. The children of truth are in the world today. They are thinking, acting, writing, speaking. Yea, even the prophets are among us, and their influence is pervading the whole earth. 
An undercurrent of holy joy is gathering force in the world, so that men and women are moved with new aspirations and hopes. And even those who neither see nor hear feel within themselves strange yearnings after a better and fuller life. The law reigns, and it reigns in men's hearts and lives. And they have come to understand the reign of law, who have sought out the tabernacle of the true God by the fair pathway of unselfishness. God does not alter for man, for this would mean that the perfect must become imperfect. Man must alter for God, and this implies that the imperfect must become perfect. The law cannot be broken for man, otherwise confusion would ensue. Man must obey the law. This is in accordance with harmony, order, justice. There is no more painful bondage than to be at the mercy of one's inclinations. No greater liberty than utmost obedience to the law of being. And the law is that the heart shall be purified, the mind regenerated, and the whole being brought in subjection to love till self is dead and love is all in all. For the reign of law is the reign of love. And love waits for all, rejecting none. Love may be claimed and entered into now, for it is the heritage of all. Ah, beautiful truth! To know that now man may accept his divine heritage and enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, pitiful error, to know that man rejects it because of love of self. Obedience to the law means the destruction of sin and self, and the realization of unclouded joy and undying peace. Clinging to one's selfish inclinations means the drawing about one's soul clouds of pain and sorrow, which darken the light of truth. The shutting out of oneself from all real blessedness. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Verily the law reigneth, and reigneth forever, and justice and love are its eternal ministers.
Okay, that's uh, the reign of law. Let's take a quick break. Yes, thank you to Anya for Watermark. This is the a little bit from the song Watermark. It's also from the album called Watermark, which is brilliant. And you're listening to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran. We do the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. It's a one-hour show. We do it live, so you can actually call us or Skype with us. And ask questions, or let me let me turn on the phone here. See the phone? I had it turned. When I do the reading of the James Allen books, I turn the ringer off. So now the ringer is on. And uh, we also replay the show on the Fractal Stream, which is the internet radio station we broadcast on. We replay the show on the Fractal Stream every evening at 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. Eastern Time. And if you don't catch any of those, you can always get the podcast... We're in uh, iTunes and Stitcher. We're in those two directories. And also on our website, you can find all the archive shows. Our website is themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. And you can also find our phone number and Skype handle there. Give us a call. Um, yeah, and you can also comment on the different posts as well. So if you... If you see one of the shows, you want to comment on there, go ahead and comment on the website. And you can always send me a note through the Contact Us page. So, is that, is that an, uh, I think that's enough announcements for now, right? <laughs> uh, it's a mouthful, right? Anyway, uh, so yeah, we just read The Reign of Law, and, right? Isn't he... <laughs> He really is just cutting right toward the truth. And it, to me, it's so refreshing because it's easy in life just to go with the flow and do what you've always been doing and and not rock the boat. And James Allen is just, in a way, he's like, no, nope, I'm going to lay down the truth, period, simple. Right, because he begins the section talking about how the first line, the little party gods have had their day. <laughs> right, so all these little demigods, these gods that we we have, you know, the Greek gods, the Indian gods, and the god of thunder, and whatever else, whatever other god we've, we've made up, um, all those are pretty much going away, meaning people are seeing through them more and more. We know they're not the real God, 
right? There's only one real God, and then there's all these other mini-gods. It's like the mini-me for God. There's a lot of them, though. Right? Mini-me was a clone, so. But we know now that these gods are just, they're kind of our creation, and they're not real. They're not the real God, and and it's great that we're starting to see that and acknowledge that. Because in a way, that's probably the big problem with uh, the. That's probably the one thing that makes religions fight with each other, is that they think they have different gods, which is crazy. That's absurd. How can religions have different gods? <laughs> It's so dumb. But how many centuries and millennia have we been have have religions been fighting with each other over this? It's so stupid. Everyone, all the religions, all the people should just say, "Look, we all know that there's one God, and that's it." Okay, we have different religions, but still, we're all praying to the same God. We all want the same thing, really. So let's just chill. Anyway, so yeah, and then James Allen says there's really only one God, and that's the God, um, by doing, nay, we draw near, the great silent heart of love. That's how he refers to God in here. And then he goes and talks about the law, which is the law that however you think and act and speak that's what you create and that's what you become. Right? It's the same simple formula. Right? And then what the the beauty is once we know that's the law, you know, quote unquote the law, then we can uh, you know obey it. We can go with the law. I mean, and it's no different than uh if you want to make tea, if you want to make some tea, you have to boil some water and you have to have some tea leaves or a tea bag and you put it in a cup and you pour the water in the cup and that's it. Then you can drink your tea. Well, you know how to make tea. You have to boil water. You have to put the tea bag in the cup. That's what you have to do to make tea. So it's really that simple as far as becoming divinized. We have to do certain things. And then we'll become divinized. On the simplest level, that that's it. Of course, it's not so easy. Actually, doing it is not easy. In theory, it's easy. Or I should say simple. It's simple, but not easy. <laughs> that's how our spiritual guide, uh, one way he refers to the uh, Sahaj, Sahaj Marg practice that we do. He says it's simple, but it's not easy. And that's life. I mean, life is not meant to be easy. Sometimes it can be easy. Sometimes it's not. Most times it's not. So, this is the law. And he's, one thing he says, too, that I like, the children of truth are in the world today. Right? Isn't that cool? And that's us. That's you. You're listening to The Mystic Show. I mean... If you're really listening to this show and you haven't turned it off yet, (laughs) because probably most people who tune in just listen to like a few minutes and then turn it off, 
Um, if you're still listening, and if it's even slightly interesting to you, then I would say that you're one of the children of truth. And you're on the, the mystic path. And by the way, that alone is such a blessing, right? Because imagine if we didn't find these books or if I didn't find my spiritual guide or if I didn't have people to talk about these subjects with. Imagine that. Where would, where would I be? I mean, in some of our past lives, like maybe in the dark ages or maybe in another time, maybe we, we, we lived whole lifetimes without knowing any of this stuff, without having any books or any conversations about this. Right? I'm sure we did. Because some, some think that we've had millions of lives. Not just a few past lives, but many And then he says, God does not alter for man. Man must alter for God. And this is one of the things in modern day earth, in the year 2013, it seems prevalent that we want to do what we want to do, and God just better cooperate. And the earth is here for us to, we can do whatever we want to the earth, we can just have our desires, go with our desires. We don't have to worry about the future. We just do whatever we want and to hell with everything. That's the general attitude of human beings on earth in the year 2013. And we're, so what that means is we're expecting God to alter for us. We're expecting God to give us everything we want. And that's completely absurd Right? It's the other way around. It should be the other way around. We need to change to uh, harmonize, if you will, or resonate with God or the divine. So anyway, it's just, right? And we all feel that something's backwards today, right? Something's wrong. Something's 180 degrees backwards. And that's kind of what it is, actually. That's, That's one of the things. Right? And he says, ah, beautiful truth, to know that now man may accept his divine heritage and enter the kingdom of heaven. So again, once you have awareness of this, these concepts, then you know that you can enter into divinity or divinize yourself. You know you can do it because, because it's simple but not easy, maybe, right? <laughs> so that's the reign of law. I was curious to think, uh, to know what you think of that. I mean, the way, I mean, the words always get in the way and the word law is, right, has its own, has different connotations, right? And I think we all understand what it means in this case. It's just uh, a very general use of the word law, but it's like the law of gravity, right? I mean, if you jumped off a cliff and you ignored the law of gravity, but then you started praying to God, oh God, lift me up, 
Let me fly. Right? Are you really going to be lifted up and fly? No, you're going to fall and you're going to die. Because the law of gravity is there. That's one of the laws of nature. And if you if you just go against that law or ignore that law, you, you there's going to be pain and sorrow. You you're going to face the <laughs> The law doesn't give. The law doesn't budge. <laughs> we have to obey the law. In fact, there's a great book called uh, Ishmael. Ishmael, uh, and the author is... Oh, I don't know. Um, I can't think of the author's name. I'm, I'll look it up right now. But this book called Ishmael, is. it talks about that. It actually, there's a little... Um, I'm I'm just looking up the name here, uh, the author, real quick. Um, Daniel Quinn, that's it. Daniel Quinn. The book is called Ishmael. Great book. It's actually one of the earlier books I read on my spiritual journey. It's one of the. I won't say it's one of the first books I ever read. It's probably one of the first five books. Anyway, he tells this uh, little anecdote of a of a person who uh, builds like like a bicycle that actually has like mechanical wings so when you pedal the bike these actually these metal wings actually move up and down right but so but the bike or or the the vehicle does not obey the law of aerodynamics like it it doesn't fly but here's a guy he's going to drive this bike off a cliff and he's going to start falling and he's going to pedal the bike he thinks he needs to pedal the bike so the wings start flapping so he'll fly so he starts pedaling the bike and the wings are flapping and uh, he's still falling. And he says, oh, I know what to do. I must not be pedaling hard enough. So he starts pedaling faster, faster and faster. And the wings are going, flapping, flapping. And uh, he still keeps falling. And now he's almost starting to panic. He says, oh, man, I'm, I'm not pedaling fast enough. So he starts pedaling like mad and he keeps falling. And the author, Daniel Quinn, basically makes the analogy that that's our society today. And, and most people personally today, we're going in the wrong direction. We're ignoring the natural laws. And we think the answer is to try harder. We think if we try harder, we can make it work. And just as in the analogy... It doesn't matter how hard you, how fast you pedal and how quick those metal wings flap, it's not going to fly. Why? Because it doesn't conform to the laws of aerodynamics. Period. It will never fly. You could pedal it a zillion times a second. You could pedal it as fast as a, as a hummingbird's wings. It still won't fly. So what we have to do is understand the laws. And that's kind of what we're learning as as uh, mystics in training. We're learning what the laws are, the natural laws. And so when we learn what they are, we can live in accordance with them. And then we can, like James Allen says, enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't really like that term, but basically enter divinity, have a blessed life. We can just enter right into that.
if we obey all the laws. Because our natural state is happy and joyful and grateful with an open heart. Right? So if we obey all the natural laws of the universe, we'll be healthy, happy, joyful, and we'll have an open heart. The only thing that makes us, brings anything negative into our lives is when we disobey some of the natural laws. And most times we do it, we don't even know we're doing it, but that's life. Again, that's part of life, right? So that book, Ishmael, is great, actually. Um, yeah, and one other, uh, I think it's from Ishmael or it's from his next book. Another analogy he gives is uh, a frog. And a frog, okay, let's pretend you have a um, a pot on the stove and it's full of water, right? And the stove is not on. The, the water is just room temperature water. Um, well, let me start the other way. Let's pretend you, you're boiling water, right? You have a pot on the stove, you're boiling the water, it's bubbling, it's boiling, and you take a frog and you toss it into the water. Well, the frog, it won't even get, it won't even submerge in the water. It'll just immediately freak out and just jump out, right? Obviously, the, the, the frog knows that the boiling water is going to hurt it, right? So the frog just jumps out. But check this out. If you take the same pot of water, don't boil it. So the water is room temperature, right? And then you put the frog in the water and the frog goes in the water. The frog likes the water, right? It's just sitting there on the bottom, right? Now you turn on the flame very little. You start heating the water very slowly, one degree at a time, just creeping up slowly getting hotter and hotter and hotter. You know what'll happen? The frog won't move. Even when the water gets near boiling, he won't move. He'll just die. In fact, he'll be dead by then. He'll be dead already. Why? Because the frog wasn't able to perceive the uh, the tiny, tiny increases in in temperature. Right? But if you threw him into boiling water, he'll jump out immediately. But if you leave him in there and then raise the temperature really slowly, he doesn't notice. And in a way, that's another phenomenon that's happening in, in on planet Earth right now in 2013 is with all the technology and the innovation and all this stuff, it it comes along so gradually that we don't even realize what it's doing to us, that it's killing us. <laughs> You know, if you take a man from, uh, let's say, 300 years ago, what's that, Um, 1713, from the year 1713, let's say say one of the uh, colonials in Virginia, right? And if you put them in a time machine and brought them to 2013 and gave them a smartphone and showed them microphones and TV and put them in an airplane and everything, I mean... They'd freak out, right? I mean, literally, they'd freak. They wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't know what to do. So, anyhow, it's the same in our own lives. When we're on a, when we're, when we live our lives, sometimes we have habits that we've been doing for so long we don't know that they're habits, but they might be killing us. 
So anyway, that's why we should learn these laws, and and that's why we're we're listening to this show, right? So that's it. A little bit more on the reign of law. So let's uh, let's just take a quick little break here. One of these days I'm gonna sit down and write a long letter To all the good friends I've known And I'm gonna try To thank them all for the good times together Though so apart we've grown Yes, thank you, Neil Young. And yes, this is called One of These Days. And uh, it's a great song, Neil Young. And he, Neil Young was actually in that little documentary movie I just saw called Sound City. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. So welcome back to The Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran. And uh, yeah, if you want to go to our website, themysticshow.net, you can get our phone number and our Skype handle you can call me live right now. If you're listening to the podcast, then it's not live, so you can't call. <laughs> you can try. Maybe I'll be sitting in the studio doing something else. <laughs> or maybe I'll be doing another show. You'll call up and you'll you'll be on the air on a different show. That'd be pretty funny. All right, so we just talked a little bit more about the reign of law. And... Um, and what I wanted to talk about now is, um, well, I just want to mention Pause Your Life. Have you been to pauseyourlife.org yet? Pauseyourlife.org. It's for people who their life is hectic and things are crazy and they don't know how to, they just want to stop and take a breath, but they don't know how. So Pause Your Life is an organization that has meetups and retreats and a daily email, you can get an inspirational quote. And just, if you go to pauseyourlife.org, you can check that out. Um, I was telling you yesterday or, or Monday about, we had the meetup last Friday. We had a movie night with the Pause Your Life group. And what a great bunch of folks. I mean, really, what a, so it's just real nice people. And, and we do some exercises that make us all lighter and more carefree. We do the exercises right at the beginning of the meetup. So then after that, it's like awesome. (laughs) Everyone is, you know, relaxed and loose and just being themselves, being a human being. Hello. (laughs) That's what we should be doing. Yeah. Pause your life. Check it out. Pauseyourlife.org. So I wanted to quickly touch on, uh, well, first I'll mention the book. There's there's a couple concepts here I want to talk about from this book, but this book is called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich. And I think I've mentioned it before, but it's a book that was published in 1937, and Napoleon Hill spent 20 years researching for this book, interviewing people and really really making 
one of the best books ever written uh, with regards to personal development. And as the title sort of hints, uh, it's all about thinking, right? Think and grow rich. And of course, yes, he's talking about monetary riches, but he's also talking about all riches, meaning, you know, um, spiritually rich, emotionally rich, physically rich, you know, wealthy, whatever you want to, you know, you get the idea. It, it's the same concepts. You can apply it to any area of your life. <laughs> you can become healthy and wealthy in any area of your life. So the actual uh, epilogue for the book is called, this is pretty cool. Um, it's called How to Outwit the Six Ghosts of Fear. How to Outwit the Six Ghosts of Fear. Mm, right? Who are these ghosts? What are they? So I'll just read the first paragraph. Before you can put any portion of the think and grow rich philosophy into successful use, your mind must be prepared to receive it. The preparation is not difficult. It begins with study, analysis, and an understanding of three enemies which you shall have to clear out. Right? And here he here's the three enemies. Indecision, doubt, and fear. Indecision, doubt, and fear. Right? And uh, he says indecision is the seedling of fear. And indecision crystallizes into doubt. So these are just the three enemies which uh, really hinder us, right, on our, on our journey in, for anything. Again, whether it's, you know, monetary achievement or spiritual achievement indecision, doubt, and fear. And so here he gives the six basic fears, right? There are six basic fears with some combination of which every human being suffers at one time or another. Most people are fortunate if they do not suffer from the entire six. Uh, named in, in the order of their most common appearance, they are, number one, the fear of poverty. And he says it's at the heart of most people's worries. The fear of poverty. Hmm. Uh, The next one, the fear of criticism. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Uh, Next one, the fear of ill health. Right? Do you have... and, And as I'm reading these, maybe sort of ask yourself, do you... Is this one of your fears? Of course, your conscious mind might might say, no, no, I'm not afraid of that. But maybe you are, right? And by the way, if you want to call me or Skype with me, go ahead. I'd like to know what you think about these fears and uh, which ones are maybe bothering you the most. Maybe we can talk about it. All right, so the fear of ill health, that was the third one. Uh, The fourth one, the fear of loss of love of someone. Right? So this is, we don't want to lose people's love or, or someone's love, right? Probably the, the key pe- people in our lives. Uh, the, next, the fifth one, the fear of old age. 
And the last one is the fear of death. And he says all the other all other fears are basically of minor importance. And and you know, I just realized one that isn't in here uh is the fear of public speaking because I've I read somewhere that people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of death. Um which I don't know how would you do a study to find that out? <laughs> right? Anyway, but these psychologists are pretty crafty people. I'm sure they figured it out. But anyway, the fear of public speaking, actually the second one on the list is the fear of criticism. And that's probably the fear of public speaking fits into that one. Probably. So he says fears are nothing more than states of mind. And, uh, Basically, your state of mind is subject to control and direction, right? And that's what James Allen's been talking about. We can actually give direction to our thoughts and our thinking and, in a way, control it. Maybe you can't control every little mini thought, but on a, on a grander level, you can control what you're thinking about, right? And uh, thought impulses begin immediately to translate themselves into their physical equivalent. And he says, whether those thoughts are voluntary or involuntary. So that means all the thoughts that you have that you've been having your whole life and you don't even realize you're thinking them anymore. You know, I think this... One of the things might be, um, if it's still prevalent, I don't know, but one of the things might be racial thoughts, like people from different races are different than you. I mean, maybe your conscious mind might say, yeah, no, everybody's the same, everybody's equal. But maybe subconsciously from your upbringing, you think, no, everyone's not really equal, or there are differences, and, and uh, you know. little. So you get the idea, though, that there's thoughts that we're having that we're really not conscious of. They're kind of like habitual thoughts. And those also influence what you manifest in your life. It's not just the conscious thoughts. It's like James Allen said, you can't have bad do bad thoughts and have bad do bad actions and just pray to God for positive things. It doesn't work that way. So here's a nature has endowed human beings with the absolute control over only one thing, and that is thought. You know, because no one can make you think a thought that you don't want to think, no one can force you to have specific thoughts because you have to choose. I mean, you're like the gatekeeper, you're the one in control of your thinking. And again, the problem is that a lot of us have handed that control over to, you know, the media or other people, our family. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, we have to rely on other people sometimes, but we just, again, have to become aware of it. So yeah, this is, these are the six fears. And and as I was reading the fears, you know, I don't know. I uh, 
I, I don't think I have most of these. I mean, I again, subconsciously, I probably do. But um, the fear of criticism, yeah, I think that, that one, I probably do have that. Ill health, I don't even think about health. Uh, loss of love, I'm not, I don't, I don't think that's a possible, really. Um, <laughs> uh, old age, I don't care about old age. I like it. And death, I mean, I don't know. I don't think about death, right? And I don't know, not afraid of it. Poverty, um, not really, well, I don't know. Not consciously afraid of poverty. Um, Anyway, that's consciously, right? So (laughs) that doesn't mean that it's, uh, that it's real. He actually says the fear of poverty is without doubt the most destructive of the six basic fears. And he basically says the fear of poverty grew out of human beings' inherited tendency to prey upon others economically. That's that's a great point because I do I do feel that that in this modern day world I do feel that just being a good guy and trying to do the right thing is is somehow it it it's not gonna. <laughs> there's people who do business in a shady way that are gonna run you out of business <laughs> if you're a nice guy. I really feel that it doesn't have to be that way, but quite often that's what happens. I think. What do you think? <laughs> Right and 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 also people are considered less than the dust of the earth, unless they can display a fat bank account. Right, so having money seems to be this. Uh, if you have money, then you're you're great, you're cool, and if you don't have money, then ah, you're not you're nothing. <laughs> right, we sort of judge people on how much money they have. And he goes into symptoms of the fear of poverty. So, by the way, poverty is the opposite of abundance. And obviously, instead of thinking about poverty, we can think about abundance and acknowledge the the abundance that's already present in our lives. Because as Mystic Maria always talks about, we really are abundant. It, you know, we just sort of overlook it and forget about it and we, we, we take it for granted, right? So having more awareness of our abundance is totally uh, overcomes the fear of poverty in a way. I don't know. So there you have it, the six ghosts of fear. And uh, I don't know how many you have. I'll put them on the... Uh, I'll, I'll list them on the, the show post. So there you have it. I mean, I hope this uh, episode was at least a little bit helpful for you guys. Um, I would have liked to hear from some of you on some of these subjects. And uh, I'm looking forward to day, the day when you're comfortable enough to, to chime in and add your two cents because uh, we'd like to hear it. So thanks for listening. This is The Mystic Show. Go on to our website themysticshow.net and you can hear all the old previous episodes 
I keep saying old episodes. They're not old. <laughs> They're just previous episodes. Uh, so check them out. You can search by topic and everything. And and maybe you can talk about some of these topics today at work or wherever you're going to go. And maybe you can tell someone, hey, I listened to this show called The Mystic Show. Maybe check it out. So be well. Smile. And as always, keep shining.